Football is back, y'all. We are going to talk all things about the Mountaineers contest with the Maryland Terrapins. We are not fearing the turtle for that 3.30 contest on ESPN. The whole nation's going to have the eyeballs on the old golden blue. And we're going to talk all about that opening contest of the season. And then we'll break out the crystal balls and kind of uh, get a little prognostication on this 2021 team. CJ and Zach come on in. It's a good one, guys. I promise you, we're going to have a lot of fun for you. And it's going to be a fun season. I think we're all going to keep trusting that climb. We're an optimistic group here. Might be an optimistic set of prognostications. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill stuff. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back. Because we're talking all things Mountaineer football here on the porch. Let's go. Oh, it's crisp out here, CJ. Yeah, you know, I always like to start these things with a little weather forecast. And as I turn to my uh, temperature gauge, we got a nice little 62. And it's it's September the 1st. And boom, what do we got? Nice little fall, crisp evening here. Feels like uh, football. I love it, man. Let's let's go. It's it's. It's it's well we we have come down here in our neck of the woods. It's only seventy four, but hey, that that's Chris for down here. Yeah, kiss my ass. That ain't Chris. <laughs> that's perfect. You got a little so, breeze. You also got a lot more rain. Um, yeah, a lot of it kind of went around us, but yeah, we we got some, but the majority of it kind of went around us. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully the rain stays away. Uh, Saturday afternoon there in College Park, it's. I know the the weather forecast uh, up there is looking to be mid mid seventies, partly cloudy. I kind of like the sound of that. Yeah, no, that that seems like a good football weather day. Hey Zach, you want to save us from this weather talk, buddy? Oh, I was kind of intrigued. I was waiting for Jim <laughs> to pop in. Hey, I mean, did you now? By the way, did you see the 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 meme of Jim Cantore? On this latest one, wearing like this souped-up weather like helmet, and then you the had like two dudes behind him just like laughing. Off. Yeah, yeah, you saw it too. <laughs> Dude, it looked like a baseball helmet. It looked oh, like one of those things that like uh, they wore in Legends of the Hidden Temple. Hey, did you? Speaking of the Legends of the Hidden Temple, they're bringing that back on the CW. Did you see oh that? yeah, I saw about that. That's good stuff. Old uh, old Lenzel. Kearns and me, we talked about uh, bringing the orange, the orange iguanas out of the, uh, getting those shirts back out and wrecking some havoc. Do you realize um, how old we sound right now? You know what? If people <laughs> know about Legend of the Hen Temple, hey, Zach, you knew about Legend of the Hen Temple, and that's all that really matters to me, buddy. Hey, I'm representing the younger demographic, so we're in good shape. <laughs> you know, we kind of. Kind of hit, hit on some legends of the Hidden Temple here, but the Mountaineers are going to try and run a a gauntlet uh, like you did when you get into the the temple there. Well, there you go. Um, hopefully, we don't get snatched up by too many temple guards. But the first the first of these opportunities lies in wait Saturday, three thirty, ESPN College Park. They used to call it Bird Stadium. I don't know what the hell they call it now. 
the Snake Pit, aka uh, SVP's house. Um, man, just feels good to know this is a game. Group. We back. We are back officially. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's nice too to get it kicked off uh, with an old rivalry game, Maryland and. You know, two Power Five conference teams kicking off the year. You know, it's not. Yeah, I know we have LIU week two. It's gonna kick off with one that, that feels kind of big. Yeah, it exactly. I feel on that, CJ. It, it has a. There's some gravitas to this game. It feels like there's something. A little more than just rolling the ball out and playing William and Bill Mary, you know, um, or like next week with Long Island, you know. And can by the way, before anybody looks it up, do we know their mascot's name, Zach? Oh dang, I can see it, but I don't. Da-na-na, I don't know the name. Like, you want to jump in, CJ? I'm trying to remember myself. Okay, I think it's a bird. If I'm not, you are correct. You are correct. Pretty sure they're the blackbirds. Pretty Not sure me. it's a Long Island Blackbirds. Um, yeah, I know. I knew it was a bird, but that's about. Well, fact check that one. Yeah, go ahead, please, please do. Because I, I would, I would love to know if that's if that is correct. If but, you nailed that one, that'd be pretty damn impressive. Hey, but so, so we're obviously not playing this. Oh like, no, see, it is not. It's a shark. Hold uh, on, hold on. Can we do some more fact research on that? Did they change it? We are super prepared on this podcast. We are, especially for Long Island. Probably should save that shit for next week um, and talk more about Maryland. But, <laughs> like CJ was saying, this game Saturday has a has a big feel to it. You're playing a team from a Power Five league. Granted, Maryland hasn't been, you know, an elite program in the Big Ten of late, and that feels really freaking weird to say, right? Maryland in the Big Ten. I don't know. So yeah, let's get into those. Uh, let's get into those terps there, uh, led by Coach Loxley. Guy has not had tremendous amount of success there, um, and you know we're still kind of in this kind of this funny realm where every time I look for Maryland, I still look for them in the ACC, even though they're a Big Ten school. Every time I flip to talk to somebody about this game, I go to the Phil Stills, and I keep looking at ACC, and they're a Big Ten school projected to finish fifth in that division. Rutgers is ahead of them, according to the the prognosticators, right? So, Maryland's not obviously a team that's got uh, a lot going for it, but they do have a good quarterback, and they have an offense that did score some points last year. Does that cause anybody some concern coming into a road game in the opener? It gives me a little bit of pause just because uh, where they're not getting thought about or talked about, you know, they use that as bulletin board material, and with with you know a team like West Virginia, a rival Big Twelve school coming in, do you have you spent the last couple of weeks really pumping them up? Like boys, we could you know really turn some heads if we get off to a one and zero start here. So yeah, that gives me a little bit of pause. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta look at one thing in particular with our defense going up against their offense, and that's the secondary. We feel pretty good about the front seven, I think, trying to get a pass rush going. But the continuity of the secondary, yep. trying to make sure that we can defend 
the outside receivers they have. I mean, they've got some real talented guys. Um, you got you got um, Raheem Jarrett out there, Dante Demas. I mean, they've, yeah. they've got some talented dudes. And Zach, I, think- I remember Dante Demas making some big plays for him last year. He had some pretty good chemistry with uh, – and, man, can anybody say his first name? Um, I struggle with it because two is easy, right? <laughs> what is he, Tao? I want to say that's how you pronounce it, but I'm not going to go out and say quote me. You know what? I don't give a shit. I hope we knock his ass in the dirt early <laughs> on and and kind of show him what Mountaineer football is all about Saturday. That'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Hit immediately. Talk about getting hit. He's leveled by Kenny Bigelow. Well, if you're going to make a transfer impression, you might as well do it on the first play of the game. And his first snap, he makes a huge play. A loss of 10. Love, love a, a Kenny Bigelow type slobber knocker on a quarterback first play Saturday. That'd be great. Have a little uh, Mesador throwing Talia into the turf, huh? Oh, I, hey, off work, man. It could be we, Mesador. It could be, uh, we could have, we could have old Dante Stills do it too. I'm, I don't, I don't care. Bring, bring a linebacker for all we care. Bring X-Ray in there. Let him, let him get a pop on the quarterback there to start the game. But I think that's key, right? Like CJ, I, I think this is something that's very important. I know CJ is a big fan of this and always talks about it. Moving that quarterback off his spot, having to make him climb the pocket. Zach, like you said, man, the front seven is very good, and I think we'll be we'll be athletic and we'll be making plays all year. It is the continuity in the secondary that you worry about. But we do have some experienced guys who have played football back there in a lot of different positions. I think a lot of the nation sleeping on this defense. And I think we'll hopefully come out Saturday and prove to them against Tyal Tagovailoa what we're about. Yeah, that's that's the hope. I think that they're, they're going to really need to make a statement. But the offense also needs to make a statement. You know what you're going to get out of Letty. Maryland does not have a very, very – proficient run defense they didn't last year they probably won't this year letty really has to set the tone early but daggy has to really take the reins of this offense in year three he's he's got to take off the receivers have to help him out the young line has to take take a step forward in their maturity hopefully we kind of see all that you know come into form as much as you can ask for in week one yeah and you know i, I think we always and yeah, we know this to be the case it's your your biggest improvement as a team, you know, they always air quote this, and we've talked about this before, is from week one to week two. Well, you don't want to have your week one be so bad that your week two, you know, against Long Island, it, it, that won't do us much good, right? So we've got to be good off the jump here on Saturday um, against Maryland. And, Zach, I think you made a great point about our ability as a team to run the football because if we do that – and control the line of scrimmage. I don't think allows to keep to keep that defense off the field and allows them to be fresh when we do come out there and can really, really create havoc on Mr. Todd Beloga, um, if we're able to do it that way. I think that's probably be our, our biggest and kind of most crucial element there defensively is move him off his spot, hit him, and then I think at that point in time you rattle him a little bit and you make some plays. Yeah, and you mentioned Long Island um, as, as our Week 2 opponent. Just to jump back there real quick, the whole situation about the mascot. So, you called, the, Black Bird. you called yeah. the Blackbirds, and CJ corrected you with the Sharks. So, CJ is correct. They are the Sharks. However, 
as of 2019, it looks like they had a little uh, little merger. 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 Oh. <laughs> They're a little uh, semi-pro in there. Merger. <laughs> um, they, uh, they had two schools in that area. You had Long Island Brooklyn, LIU Brooklyn, and LIU Post. Those two combined, and LIU Brooklyn appears, they were the Blackbirds. So you were on top of that one. Thought I remember from NCAA tournaments yesteryear, Zach. Just pulled that one straight out of your ass, didn't you? I did, buddy. Well, I'm and impressed. I, and I, I should have remembered LIU Post. We, we, Blaine, we worked with them back from our hotel days there in, in Charleston. Ah, okay. Now, can okay. either of you tell me what LIU Post's mascot was? Crap. 0% chance. I won't even attempt it. I, I, Yeah, I know what their color scheme was basically like, but I couldn't tell you the mascot. The LIU Post Pioneers. Pioneers, yeah. I like it. Pioneers. I now it's the Jacks. The, the famous Pioneers. Levi commercial. When you... Pioneers. Oh, Pioneers. May apparently turn into a shark. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Hey, everyone wants to have the shark name of late. I remember when Old Miss, Old Miss went to, Old Miss changed their name and took the shark. Everyone wants the shark, but I don't like. Is there a college that is a shark? I don't think there is. Not that comes to mind. LIU's in right. rare air. They are man, rarefied air. Um, so hey, let's let's go ahead here, and we'll and we'll and we'll just go yeah, ahead sorry. and say this right now. Uh, when we get to predictions, I think we're all taking a big W there against LIU, right? <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna. What's 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 in the ocean that kills a shark? Is there anything really that kills a shark? <sighs> Other sharks. Other sharks. We're, we'll be a bigger shark. We'll shoot a we'll shoot a musket. At, we'll shoot a musket. The shark. Get the, get a harpoon in the in the musket. Yeah, we'll just have the mountaineer carry a harpoon that day. That's all we really need to do. We'll be set. It works. It works. <laughs> so, fellas, before we before we harpoon that shark, we gotta make some turtle soup, right? I mean, preach. How we, in terms of Saturday, you know, let's let's just lay this day out, right? You wake up. You're obviously probably gonna turn on some game day. Maybe run out the road to Tudors. Get your biscuit of choice. Wash it down with a little Mountain Dew, and then you come back. You finish game day. Are you rolling into pepperoni rolls around the noon game? Like, what's what is y'all's? Give me your game day itinerary here, Zach. What's 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 your traditions here? I don't get to do them this first week, but I want to hear yours. Well, when I'm not in Morgantown, which obviously this game right. is not, but yeah, road, road when game, I'm at home, road game's different than the home game, man. We right. we gotta we establish that. There's different traditions for different different settings for sure. Typically, the wife will make a nice breakfast on Saturday morning, French toast, pancakes, something like that. Oh, man. You go gourmet. Uh, I like it. Hey, she takes good care of me, man. Thank God I can't cook worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, after we settle in a little bit, we'll uh, head over to her family's house. Her dad's will watch the game with her family, get some pizza from, you know, typically like a Larobis in St. Albans, something like that. Okay. Enjoy some, enjoy some snackage while we watch the game and just chill out. I hear you. I hear you. CJ, your guy's going to have a whole different deal now. Yeah, because it used to be hitting up tutors, and now that, that that's going to change a little bit being in North Carolina. But uh, now I typically get up, have some breakfast, get 
get get the day started with game day. You know, Herbie and the boys, and roll into those nooners and channel surfing until the until the three thirty kick. At least this Saturday, hey, anyway. Do we, do we? And and let's let's go ahead and argue this out now before we get into the, the remainder of the Maryland preview and then get into some predictions here. If you're picking a start time for a game between the noon, the three thirty window, or a night game, what do you want it to be and why? It's it's hard to go against the night game. I mean, you're getting primetime action, a lot of eyeballs. Just the environment in a night game is a lot different. So I'd be hard-pressed to go against the night game. That's that's always been my favorite. Yeah, I'm with Zach on that one. The night game because you get the whole day to get fueled up and geared up. and Yeah, the, the, the primetime slots are hard to go against. I mean, okay, let's now – in all, we all love night game, right? It's great, but – there is something about a noon kick in Morgantown, and you you drive up and it's you know you're starting you, you crack your first beer at nine a.m. in the blue lot, you know, and then you're and you still do that even if they kick off at seven o'clock at night. I mean, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, it depends on depends on how hard you want to go that day. Um, but the reality of it is, man, so, so you can do that real quick, and then the game's over by three thirty. We get to watch the other three thirty games, and they're typically the better games, right? And the and the night games, so like. You get to enjoy that whole flavor, man. I, I don't mind the noon game. You can make it back home if you're in Morgantown if you want to. I think the nooners are underrated, fellas. I really do. I, I'm i with you. I think they're underrated, but I don't know, man. I, I have been in some electric atmospheres in Morgantown. Oh, well, night games okay, but CJ, CJ, that's 100%, 100%. But what, but what is more West Virginia football than kicking somebody's ass at noon going to Mario's or Kegler's at 3.30 and then enjoying the rest of your evening. I do like that aspect. Yeah. Not to say getting out of the way, but at least like having that to enjoy to start your day. And then after that, you just chill out and watch football the rest of the day. Because if you're, if you got to get a night game to prepare for and, you know, prepare in other ways for certain people, um, preparing for a night game to attend or watch on TV it's a little different. You're not quite as in tune to what's going on in the college football landscape throughout the day. So I will say, from that aspect, that is a good that is sure. a good thing about nooners. Yeah, and, and I'll agree with that. But there's also been sometimes where you have that noon game and it's a big height game, and you go out lay an egg, and then you spend the rest of your day pissed off. Why you got to get negative, CJ? Because I, I have I've unfortunately because some of those games. Yeah, haven't we all? It's really uh, really sad. Not the way you want to start off a Saturday, but. It does happen. Oh, you don't watch any of them the rest of the day if that happens. <laughs> Just turn the TV off. You know what else, too? And I still remember this, right? When we lost to South Florida back in the Pat White era in 07, I wanted to watch football that next that next Saturday, that the rest of the day that following Saturday because the game was on Friday night, right? I literally put a towel up upon the ticker of the TV so that I could not see that score the rest of the weekend because it pissed me off. Like nobody's business seeing that South Florida score. I think it was twenty-four to nineteen. The remainder of that Saturday, I couldn't take it. I had to put a towel up. So that's what you got to do. If you you got to keep watching, you got to like find a way to not see the WVU score, like incinerate your eyeballs the rest of the day if we lose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Been that's when I usually go to CBS when they don't have it. <laughs> we go to CBS. Figure out what you got to get for the rest of the day. You got to get through it, right? Yeah, I go to CBS, watch the SEC. And oh, you said, CB, you said CBS. I thought you yeah. said you went to CBS. 
I thought you were going and getting you a bottle of Tito's or something, CJ, to like drown out them, drown them sorrows. But no, you're just going to CBS watching Burn Daddy back I, I, in the day. I, I have done that other one too. We're not going to talk about that pit game and the bottle of Crown I downed in an hour after that game. Yeah, uh, we've all got pit stories, and you know what? We'll save those for another time. Um, because because we're, we're on positive notes here, fellas. This, Absolutely. This is not the time for the for the negativity yet, CJ. We're not going to that place yet. <laughs> too soon. Yeah, I mean, we're not Nebraska fans yet. Okay, we haven't. We're not zero one on the season. Um, but man. So, I mean, get, get into the last little bit of this game here coming up with the Terps. Um, struggled mightily at times last year, especially defensively. I mean, they get, gave up 32 points. Granted, they only played five games. So, like, is there a lot of a sample size you can take from that? But I, I just – they gave up 43 to Northwestern right out loud last year. I think we have the, as many opposite weapons as Northwestern. I know they're your Purple Cats, CJ. Uh, from the north there in Chicago. But, I mean, if they can put up 43, I know that a lot of things have changed. I mean, they have nine returning starters, but it's not a great defense. We should be able to exploit them. And like you said, Zach, you know, they struggle against the run. I mean, they gave up 230 yards a game last year on the ground. Uh, Lady could have a field day. You would expect that. I mean, you would expect him to get, you know, the majority of the work in any game, but especially against a team like that, especially coming out in the first game of the season. You want to set the tone early. You want to smack them in the mouth. And who better to do that than Letty Brown? Yeah, and, and the hard part for me is, is when you look back at last year, it was such a funky year because teams played a very condensed schedule. They had no camp, you know, none, none of that. So it, it's kind of tough to, to really kind of hang your hats on that kind of stuff. But, no, I agree. The offensive line's got to come out. Um, smack people around, uh, get the running game going, and then the wide receivers just just don't have the drops this year. Just don't have those issues, and everything should be fine Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree with you, CJ, on that. I think if we don't have the drops, everything should be fine. And then if you even look at that sample size a little bit further, too, they had two really good games in a row there right when the Big Ten started, and then they lost their final two and didn't look good at all. Um, offensively, and he threw seven interceptions to seven touchdowns last year, so it wasn't like, you know, he was prolific at all times um, in in that in that team. Now, yeah, he was good enough to go to Bama. Is that more of a courtesy situation because of how good his brother was? Who knows? We're going to find out. Um, and I'm really excited to see kind of what this and how this goes for us on Saturday. I mean, they don't really have anything that scares me other than those couple wide receivers you talked about, Zach. And then Tagovailoa's ability to maybe make a play with his feet on occasion, but he is not necessarily even that great of a runner, really. Um, or maybe they just had a lot of sacks last year because he didn't have many yards rushing, only 135 on the year. Did have two touchdowns, so I mean we know he's a playmaker. Um, CJ, give me give me a key to winning in your score. Same for you, Zach, and then we'll jump into uh, talking a little bit about how we look see the rest of the season playing out. Um, I mean, the key for me um, is really simple, Um, and it's going to come down to the run game. Um, You know, Neil has talked about that. We've we've known this uh, since he got there. Uh, He wants to run the ball. Everything they do is placated off of it. 
Um, so win the line of scrimmage, win the run game, you know, 175, 200 yards rushing um, is, is the key for me on that one. Score-wise, I'm going to say 27-14 Mountaineers. Ooh, and crack one open after that. I like it, a little victory beer. Um, 27-14, so you're in the game, and you like the Mountaineers to cover. Uh, Zach, yeah. what about you? And I echo those sentiments, too, about the run game. I think that is most certainly the key uh, for us Saturday. But what about you, Zach? So I've got a couple keys. First thing, making sure that the offensive line can get pushed. We've got the depth chart that came out, um, week one depth chart. Not a whole lot of surprises. Um, up front, I'm not really shocked by what I see. You've got Yates at left tackle, Gemitter, Frazier at center. Doug Nestor at right guard, the newbie, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, coming back to Morgan or coming back to West Virginia, his rightful place in Morgantown, um, and then either Parker Moore or Wyatt Milam. It'd be awesome to see Milam show out enough to get a start in Week One. But either way, you feel hey. pretty good about that right tackle spot. He's going to get snaps regardless. Exactly, he's going to be your your tackle over there at least some of the snaps throughout the game. But not a whole lot of surprises there. Hopefully, these guys can get push which you, you already mentioned the run game, that's where you got to have it really get going is opening up holes, pushing Maryland back, and just letting Letty run loose. And the other thing that interested me when I saw the depth chart is the cornerback situation. So your, your CB1, Nick Troy Fortune, completely expected. Now, as far as the second corner – in my mind, I figured it'd be, you know, maybe Jackie Matthews. I wasn't sure about Charles Woods, the transfer. Um, the thought maybe he might there. sneak in yep. there. Yep, thought he might sneak in there. Turns out they've got Charles Woods listed as the backup spear behind Scotty Young. Wasn't expecting that, but obviously they have different ideas for him. Totally fine with that. The spear position is detrimental in that defense, so hopefully Woods can get good time there. But they've got Daryl Porter, the redshirt freshman, as the corner opposite Nick Troy Fortune. That'll be really interesting to watch because, like we mentioned, Demas and Jarrett at wide receiver, those are two studs, probably NFL guys. I mean, Maryland's pushed out multiple NFL receivers over the years, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, multiple others. Those could be the next guys in line. So hopefully Porter can hold his own in this first start in the Golden Blue. Hey, Zach, that's, I think that's a really good key there, too. Um, it's, it was interesting to see Porter being the guy who is going to get that nod, at least in terms of the depth chart. Um, you know, what's funny is when, when you go through the list of guys that you would have expected to maybe get that nod, he would not have been up near the top of them, that's for sure. So No, he, he was a guy who impressed a lot last year. I mean, obviously, like uh, CJ mentioned, last season, especially for freshmen, didn't get a whole lot of time in the offseason like normal you know pandemic situation atypical for everybody but especially incoming freshmen but he still made a lot of noise got a lot of praise mm-hmm. but he just didn't do enough to get a, a whole lot of time and plus it's hard for freshmen to get on the field Absolutely. in the first year very tough but it sounds like he's done a lot in this offseason to put himself in a good position so hopefully that shows on uh saturday and throughout the rest of the season well and if they have that kind of confidence in him to, to get him out there um i think that's key and like you said i feel confident about nick troy 
I like having Scott Sherman up there. I like that we've got a nine Mahone. Like, I'm not as worried about the secondary as I once was. You know, and I think that's key. Zach, do you have a score for us? So you had mentioned uh, a little bit the the betting odds as far as what CJ's prediction pertains to. Yep. From DraftKings, you've got a 57.5 for the total, and WVU favored by two and a half. Oh, two so and a half now. It's moved down. That's what I'm looking at right now. Interesting. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, 34 to 24. WVU. I like it. Just sneaking over top the end. Just getting that <laughs> over in there. You better not have a miss extra point or you miss it because of the hook, Zach. Um, and I also saw something recently. Big 10 kickers, man. You got to be worried. Hey, and another death chart surprise. Casey Legg getting the start at place kicker over the longtime kicker, Evan Staley. So we'll yeah. see what he can do out there. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That was actually kind of a little bit of a surprise to me that, it's, that it wasn't that Casey beat him out. You know, shout out. Uh, Crosslands Christian alma mater, whoop, whoop. So Casey, but the fact that he wasn't even listed on it at all was a little bit of a shock. Agreed. And then it, and then it shocked me a little too. And I, I know Blaine's going to have a very strong opinion on this following statement, but I was kind of shocked to see Kerry Martin listed at the backup. Oh, please expand on that. I just, I don't know. I figured he would find. I figured he ended up winning that job. It just kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, you know, with him seeing him there, number two, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, you've got some experience and depth behind it where he sat out last year. Um, it's kind of shocked me he got beat out for that job. Say just a friendly reminder, guys, during all of your football season, there's really only one place to get all your information, and that's at walliesandwimpysports.com. Pick up the, the print edition there at all of your local Parmar stores throughout the valley some exxons marathon sitcos anywhere with your neighborhood parmar star you can find some wallies and wimpies got all the schedules some insight jim and the boys do a great job and we're excited to partner with wallies and wimpies so definitely make sure that you're uh, looking for those when you go there and pay your gas uh, get your football schedules too so pick up your wallies and wimpies today and now back to the porch i don't know really that sean mahone did a lot to lose that job to Kerry Martin, to be honest with you, CJ. I think that Mahone was awesome last year, played extremely well. Not to say that Kerry Martin isn't completely talented and deserving of um, a starting position, but maybe wasn't um, quite ready to take that over Mahone. And I'm cool with that. Like you said, having that depth of Kerry Martin there is awesome. Can't have enough guys in the secondary that you can slide in there, but it'll, it'll be nice having him back for sure. I mean, guys, does it not feel like we're, we're sitting here, we were nervous about our secondary because of the loss of Sean Miller and, and Tyke both transferring, you know, to the SEC. But it sounds like we're naming guys and we feel comfortable, like we've seen them play a little bit, like that this group is going to be pretty good by the time we get to the, the meet of conference season. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're definitely going to be good. And speaking of Deshaun Miller, he didn't even make the depth chart. Yep, I was about to just say the same right. exact thing. I couldn't believe that. And you know what else is crazy? Supposedly, Tyke, he was not going to be starting before his injury down there with the dogs either. Yep, I saw that also. That's crazy, man. You, you guys think the transfer is going to get them on the on the fast track, but that's not always how it works. The grass is not not always greener. No, it's not. And, and, and I do like the fact that we are talking about our secondary with guys that have had you know success, Nick Troy Fortune, you know, Kerry Martin, 
um, you know, Mahone. So, I mean, it is kind of nice. I mean, Alonzo would die last year, the mm. way that he played. Definitely. And, like, yeah. you know, and, like, you guys were talking about Mahone and Kerry Martin, you know, it's like as good as Kerry Martin was, I felt Mahone was better last year than what as, as splashy and as many plays as Kerry Martin made in his freshman campaign. Mahone earned that with the boys last year, man. That's his job. I agree. I love having Kerry Martin there. But Mahone's a senior. Kerry Martin's still younger than him. Mm-hmm. I, just, I mean, I think that's great to have both those guys back there, like we said, for depth purposes. And now that I've, we've all talked about this, i got to make my pick, and I'm feeling even better about this defense. The more and more I continue to, to look at it and think about it, um, and if we do run the ball well, you know, echoing the sentiments of CJ and Zach, you know, getting that push up front, I think we can ball control him a little bit, and I think Neil's okay with that. Um, and I think Casey Legg will make make a few kicks for us as well, and I think Sumter will make a field position game. And hopefully Deggie will hold on to the football and not make mistakes with it. Um, I'm liking us to win this game Saturday 34 to 17 over the Terps. I think it'll be a bit of a lap or maybe not even that close. Maybe a late touchdown even from Maryland. One, two, one, two, three. West Virginia, hey, West Virginia, hey, hey, every mountain here. On your own fast, on your own fast. West Virginia, now reach it. Rock, 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 sound boys. Make a big noise, no matter what the people say. What's that to fear? The gates are here, so hey, West Virginia, hey. I'd love that. That'd be a great way to start the season off. Nice little uh, chill Saturday. point, guys. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. get, get it started. Be workmanlike in your approach. Not show as much as you need to. But just be, just be a better football team. Just physically be better and and make the plays and be fundamentally sound. Turn Don't turn over the football. Don't commit penalties. Show what this climb's about, right? And I think Saturday would be a great opportunity for that. That sounds like a Neil Brown approach. I I, I love it. I, I I'd love for this thing to be be a laugher and really kind of get the season off on a really good note. I mean, in in reality, don't you guys kind of feel like we want to see a game like we saw against, like say TCU last year at home, or maybe Kansas State, those type, you know? And if it's a tougher game like a Baylor, like I feel like that's kind of what we're going to see this year. But I think Davey will make some more plays down the football field. Continually keep hearing good things about Caden Fraser, guys. I think he's going to make some plays Saturday, to be honest with you. Maybe have a little bit of a Sam Brown type showing, maybe even more. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many good receivers on this football team. Oh, my God, if they, yeah. If they hold on to the ball. I mean, you, you think about all the guys. Right, yeah. You think about all the guys who have made plays. Obviously, there's been a lot of inconsistency in that group. You think about it. Bryce Ford Wheaton set to make a really big jump this year. Um, Winston Wright, obviously your your headliner in that group. Sam James has had success in the past. Hopefully he can break out of his slump. Sean Ryan was mentioned. Sean Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Sean Ryan, absolutely. Esdale, Sam Brown. Yeah, I mean, Esdale always seemed to make plays. Remember that big catch he makes against TCU two yep. seasons ago? You know, like, I, I really like this, really like that wide receiver room and feel like, man, it could be a big time strength of this football team coming up this season. Um, and we didn't even mention Neil's dude, Reese Smith. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and it's and you know what else? Letty supposedly is going to catch the ball more out of the backfield this year. He's got that ability. Well, and, and you know, we didn't even mention this guy, but they keep talking about Justin Johnson, that he's going to get some runs at her. Yeah. 
and I, that'd be awesome. I mean, Mathis has done some good things in his short time in Morgantown, but it sounds like they really like what they've got in Justin Johnson. Yeah. I'm just salivating about the possibilities, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's that time of year. Yeah, man. And we're finally, we're finally, we're finally there. And hopefully Hope about 730. Yeah, 730, we're singing Country Roads. Um, a nice win. And we get to look ahead to the Long Island Fort U pioneers of the Blackbirds. That <laughs> shark hopper. I don't know, man. It's, let's get to Long Island. And then and then the real the real game begins with VT. But let's, uh, let's speaking of VT. So, fellas, we've talked about this kind of um, – Tease it, and now we're going to get to it. Season predictions. Um, kind of run down the line in a game by game format. Um, kind of what you're thinking, and we'll kind of all talk about it, and then make your picks. Um, the VT game. So I think we all think two and zero start right heading into Virginia Tech. Absolutely. Yeah. Harpoon the sharks. Yeah. Harpooning the sharks for sure. Um, take take care of the the. Sh- I keep one. I keep just. I love the LIU Blackbirds, man. <laughs> I'm just. Know. I'm just shocked you pulled that out of your hat. That yeah. was that was a crazy pull. I think it was just it ingrained. Like they were a 15 seed in the tournament one year playing. I think it was Duke or something like that. And it's just ingrained in my memory. Um, but yeah, Zach, we're gonna harpoon the Sharks. Two and zero heading into the Virginia Tech game. Now we all. I think. I, I think Virginia Tech is gonna be one and one. Uh, losing losing to Sam Howe and the boys, even in that Friday night game to start the season. And so they're going to be desperate coming in here. Um, CJ, do you feel like – how are you feeling about that game, man? Um, I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be really big for a guy like Nestor who you know, transferred out of there. I think he's going to have those O-line guys ready to roll for that one. Um you know, it's an ACC school. It's a rivalry game. Uh, that one, I, I, I've i got some reservations on, but I don't think Virginia Tech offensively is really good enough to, to pull this thing out. I think, you know, West Virginia is going to have – West Virginia is going to have too many playmakers for Virginia Tech. This this is not a Frank Beamer Virginia Tech squad. It's not vintage. Uh, I don't I don't trust the quarterback that they're going to have out there – and like, like this, looking like it's Drew Munster, correct? Uh, that's yeah. From all indications, that's why they're going. I mean, now, granted, I think it'll be nice to get to see them uh, play a quality opponent in North Carolina before we get get to play them. But in the end, I, I just don't feel like the Hokies have the skill position players at all um, to to make to make this a to make this a, a big time credible threat, like we talked about, I mean, we almost feel a little more nervous about Maryland. I just think being home game, not playing these guys in so long uh, in Morgantown, what was it, 16 years, correct, Zach? 2005, right? Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's an, that's almost an eternity. Uh, I mean, Zach, you, you couldn't even drive last time that we. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not even drive a go-kart or something. I mean. What kind of bullshit is that? It's I, just was, wild. I was the youngster. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like heading into that, we are definitely going to be, I, I feel like it's a 3-0 and start, right? Is anybody else, is anybody else in disagreement on that? Are we all going to pencil in 3-0? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No, that place is going to be hype. Um, 
it's going to be full. It's, I mean, Gold Rush. I I think that we're gonna we're gonna put a little extra fire underneath Puente's seat. I, I agree. I think we're gonna fan the flames on on Saturday. I mean, they're a five and six team last year. Their their biggest win probably was Boston College early, and then they just kind of fell apart down the stretch. Like they gave up thirty two points a game, and that's not beam. That's not nowhere near Beamer style. Uh, I think I think like we said, man, Fuentes and those and the Hokies, it's gonna be a long, long day. So we're gonna harpoon a shark, a turtle soup, then we're gonna we're gonna kill a bird. Um, there in the Hokies. Three and oh. I think now this is where we all kinda know um, and probably feel like this is an L. Correct? Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're storming into Norman. Not this time. No, I mean to make the case for us, uh, would anyone like to try and make the case for us? Well, I mean, if Rattler tears his ACL in the first game, <laughs> God, well, that'd be terrible. <laughs> you said I make mean, the case. Okay. I, 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 I'm going to try and make one here. I'm going to try. I mean, we get Oklahoma early. Um, we all know how they are early. Usually they stumble out of the gates. Agreed, CJ. Agreed. Um, you, know, like may, you know, we're able to get some pressure on Rattler. Force him to stay in the pocket, but still make him uncomfortable. Okay. Defense Agreed. makes a couple of plays. We're able to play ball control and really own the ground game. That's going to be the thing. Is it's, you're going to have to follow the Kansas State model, uh, force Rattler into a couple of bad decisions, and then capitalize off the turnovers and play clean on the other side of things. I, I, I mean that that you're you're talking about kind of the perfect storm of circumstances. I, but I if convinced. you're going to get Oklahoma, you got to get them early, and I can see that being where they hey, happen. Hey CJ, CJ, I was with you until you got the one part of that equation, and that's play ball control and be able to run the ball down the throat. I think that Alex Grinch defense stopping the run has continued to improve every year. I mean, they only gave up 105 yards a game last year on the ground. Um, Correct. But, I mean, that that's going to be a key to success. And 21 points a game. So, I, I don't think that we're going to be able to do that in Norman. But, like I said, that is the key to success for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big the big key is, too, if you're able to run the ball and you're able to, you know, consistently run it, you keep Radler on the sidelines. He can't hurt you if he's standing there with a headset on. That's true. And, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what this uh, – <laughs> Uh, Winfrey kid that they have down in, uh, in, in inside at the nose guard. Big old 300-pounder just clogs up stuff in there. And then and Benito just runs side to side. I think their defense is just too too good. I don't know if our offense is going to be at that point yet. But I do think that we could catch them sleeping because they will maybe have revenge on their mind because they go to Manhattan the next week in Kansas State. They definitely want to pay back those guys. I mean, they owe them for what? at least two years worth of games now. Yeah. That could that could be a huge benefit to us. The fact that we do play them before Kansas State and after kind of a big oh, quote unquote their fans are gonna make a lot about that Nebraska game. And we're just kind of in the middle of it. You're sipping the Kool-Aid already. I love it. Uh, hey man, I, I it doesn't take much to to to, to get me thinking that there's a chance, right? There's, uh, Blaine, Blaine, there's a chance. Is, Blaine is ever the optimist. Well, ever the optimist, but also, I mean, like, I feel like if there is a chance to get them, that's how you do it. Like you said, CJ, you build the case, but also it does – the schedule component of it is important to look at as well. Um, in the end, I think we all have to be realistic and say, unless we force turnovers to really make it happen, we're probably going to lose that football game. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I, yeah, I mean, I just I, I'd love to see us go into Norman and come out with a win, but that Oklahoma team is built to do something really special. Hey Zach, I mean, do you do you have do you want to build a case there as well, or do you kind of feel like other than Rattler, that's it? No, I mean, I'm pretty much on board with the fact that their defense is going to be tough again. Yep. And you know that offense, even if our defense is even shades as good as it was last year, which I would expect it to be. They're going to be damn near impossible to slow down. Hey, you know one good thing for us, too, in that game, in that matchup, is they saw us and Neil Brown about game five or game six of, like, Austin Kendall still quarterback. They didn't, we didn't play them last year due to all the COVID situations that happened there toward the back end of the season for both teams. That's true. Um, stole away a night game for Neil Brown, his first one that he would have had at Mountaineer Field. Um, so we still await that because we're not counting Lock Island. Six o'clock is – a true night or five o'clock is a true night game. Um, and so, man, like, I just, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be real interesting. I hope, I hope, I hope that we can find a way to maybe make it happen. The COVID taking you over. The COVID, the COVID one. Um, but yeah, the COVID games for sure. That was, they didn't play it though. So I think that's huge. Like, they haven't seen it. Maybe Neil's got a couple of wrinkles for them. Yeah, I mean maybe, but I, like I said, I, I there, it'd have to be the perfect storm of things to yeah. to go right to come out of Norman with a win. I agree. So three and one, zero oh and one in the league. October second, big old homecoming contest uh, with the Red Raiders. Bounce back. Agreed, big time. And we owe them, Neil. You've got to feel time. like after the last two years of getting shown up on your home field and then losing the game like you did last year with the James fumble and just a tough loss in general. Big bounce back. Daryl Talley's going to be in there inspiring Mesador and Stills to really make some noise. It's wild because, I mean, we've outgained him by about 100 yards in the last two games and still have uh, come up on the losing stick against these guys. We're due. We're due against the Red Raiders, and I think that could be a big W. Like, kind of gets everybody going real, real good. Yep. Yeah, I think it could be a big W, and I think Deggy's going to want to play play very well in that game, given the fact that last year he struggled at times in that game. I think he's going to really want to go out there and show what he what what they saw him last year was not who he is. Yeah, and that, you know what, too, great point because I mean that's that's his home, you know, his hometown, and he did have a little bit of a struggle last year. Those those win conditions were crazy in that game too, if we remember, um, and that played a huge role, but. Man, that would be a big, big bounce back to get back to one and one in the league, four and one, and then you go to Waco and you take on the Bears, uh, one of the most beautiful stadiums in the country. Jordan Raider has been sending me pictures of it for months, and it looks beautiful. Um, would be would be a fun time to go down there on the Brazos see a game, but I think we come out of that with with the Knights W. Baylor's not going to be what they were, and they lost Charlie. I, to me, yeah, we go down to Waco, get a win. Um, you know, Charlie Brewer's not walking through that door. You know, Matt Rule's gone. This this is not, you know, the the Baylor Bears that I think a lot of people have gotten used to seeing through our brows and then Matt Rule. Uh, that That's a complete rebuild down there. Um, they're going to – they're going to give some teams some struggles. I just think it's going to be later in the year when that happens. So, no, I see the Mountaineers going down there and 
walking out of Waco with a with a pretty pretty easy W. Yeah, I don't I don't think that we'll have any trouble with that at all. It being in Waco doesn't concern me one bit either. Okay. So I mean, you come out of there, Texas Tech. I feel like you're feeling really good. You're four and one. You're going to stop Baylor. You're five and one. Baylor's not what they used to be. Zach, are you, are you nervous about that at all? You say playing a Baylor doesn't bother you one bit, though, correct? Like, that's not a concern. No Charlie Brewer. Easy duck, right? Yeah, that one should be money in the bank. Not to say that they're as bad as Kansas, but that's about as close as a lock, in my opinion, as you have in the conference. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so then we take a week off. And we got to say at that point, you got to be feeling pretty good. You're five and one. You're two and one in the league. And um, you get ready to go down and play the, the Horn Frogs down there in Fort Worth. TCU, Gary Patterson's going to have the boys fired up and ready. One thing to note about this game for TCU, though, they will just play two straight road contests at Texas Tech. And in the week before we play uh, the Horn Frogs, they will be at Oklahoma. So. They're going to be coming and having a lot of whiplash and playing Spencer Rattler and those guys who are really confident because they played them well. So that could be a really interesting thing to note coming into that game, especially what's the momentum of each team for sure. Yeah, that, that could leave TCU a little gas, but we'll be fresh going off the bye week. I, I like us in that one too. I don't I don't have any problems in Fort Worth either. Not to say it'll be as easy as, as Baylor, but – I think that we should get them, even if it's a closer game. Yeah, I could see that one being a little close. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to, you know, some of that may become, you know, health. I mean, coming out of, you know, that Oklahoma game for TCU. Um, but, I mean, I, their quarterback situation, I, I'm not buying into that that kid um, as much as some of the no. others are. Um, I mean, TCU's probably – I mean, I'd expect them to play tough. I mean, Gary Patterson has a reputation for his team as being at least tough-minded. Um, they don't roll over for people. So, I think that game's going to be a tight one. But I, I, nothing about that one really scares me other than the fact that, I mean, that game probably will get played pretty pretty closely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a game that's going to be tough. I, I do like I do like our ability on Doug, and I wasn't impressed with him last year at all. We kind of rattled him some. Uh, he can run the ball though, so who knows? We know Patterson though is is definitely a coach that can make some things happen. Uh, I think though TCU at that point in time could be riding real high going into Oklahoma, maybe undefeated or maybe you know uh, a loss to Texas without really even having to play that well because the early part of that schedule is not that great. So maybe we can get him kind of a mirage of a TCU team, get them while people still think they're kind of decent, maybe even a rank versus rank matchup even, uh, and get a lot of cred for it. But I'm going to think – I think it's like – I also take us to uh, beat the Horned Frogs. I don't think – there's a lot of a lot about TCU that scares, scares me. Um, I think we match up pretty well with them. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Go frog gigging. Yeah. <laughs> Get them purple frogs. And, you know, man, hopefully they just don't wear the, the helmets that have the red in them. Uh, because that, when they wear them, the, the frog's blood, man, it gets a little nervous. It gets a little nervous. Um.
the next game is Halloween weekend in Morgantown. The Clones, Brock Purdy, and the boys coming to town. Man, I feel like Hakeem Mesador is going to terrorize uh, Brock Purdy. And he's like, they're going to be like, he's going to be looking like the Grim Reaper that night. Because I think that's a has night game written all over it, fellas. It has to. Halloween, it, it's got to be. And it it's one that you want to talk about being terrorized. They terrorized us last year. They absolutely knocked us around. So you're crazy if you don't think Neil has that one circled for multiple reasons. Yeah, I think he's definitely got that one circled. I think they're going to be fired up to want to play this one. And, I, you know, it, it scares me at the same time. Uh, I think it's going to, you know, I'm with Blaine. It's going to be a night game. Um, but, I mean, that's a really good Iowa State team that's coming in too. So, that one, that one I think is going to be a really good one. That may end up being the best Big 12 game of the year. Yeah, it it could end up being one of those games that you look back on and think, man, that was that's what college football is all about, right there. Because they have an amazing football team. I mean, you think about the tight end Charlie Kohler, an All American, Brees Hall, one of the best running backs in the country. I mean, Xavier Hutchinson on the outside receiver is pretty good. They've got playmakers on defense that have been there forever. They talk about that five star culture with three stars when they beat Texas last year. I mean, all of that is just molded into what could be the absolute perfect storm for a team that's ripe for the get and ripe for an upset. Or it could be a dream season and they beat us in just an insane football game where Purdy just makes one more play at the end. Or maybe they're just that good. They could be that good, guys. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. They really could be that good. And I don't think they've got a game before us that really they should be petrified of, maybe other than the – the Seahawks game there, uh, two versus Iowa, but like it could be an undefeated team coming into Morgantown. Um, I want to give us the dub, uh, but no, I think I'm, I'm still going with the up. I'm still going with the win there. I think we are going to get Iowa State. Um, now I'll go ahead and forecast to you guys this. I think the next week we lose. What kind of bullshit is that? Oh, the hangover. The hangover versus Oklahoma State. I feel like that's a real thing, and we never play those guys well. No. Yeah, that's. I, I was leaning that way with you, Blaine, too. You get that big one, and then you get Iowa State, a team we've struggled against since we joined the Big 12. And, yeah, you come off that big one, maybe you're just a little, 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 little too happy. And I hate it because I do think we're better than Oklahoma State this year. Uh, but – I just feel like that's that's the spot for us. Yeah. I mean, that one wouldn't surprise me too much. <sighs> Plus, Gundy just does have that number, man. He really does. Seems to. Although, granted, the games that Neil's played against, Gundy have been tight. I mean, 13-20 to 20 in Morgantown, we lost a tough game when they had Drew Brown, the Hawaii kid, start a quarterback. And then last year, to end the, to start the season, you know, the tough, the tough loss in Stillwater – 27-13. Um, so you know that that's going to be a tough game, but I just I feel like the hangover would be a real thing after the Iowa State game, um, especially if we are potentially a one-loss football team heading into that. I think that's just where that's that's a spot where I see us losing. 
maybe if things are a little different, maybe if we lose to Iowa State, you might feel a lot better about the Oklahoma State game. Um, but in the scenario we've laid out to this point, I'm going to say a loss for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, I guess I guess I got to hop on that one too. It just if we're all going to be in agreement with the Iowa State win, pulling that craziness out, I feel like a hangover could definitely ensue. And I think it would only be realistic because everyone at that point would have said, oh, the climb's there, the climb's there, the climb's there. And even then, they're college kids. And Oklahoma State is good enough. Yeah, they've they've got talent. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of whether they can reload after losing guys like Hubbard and Wallace and Stoner. I mean, they've lost a lot from that offense last year. But Well, I think Stoner and, and Wallace are the two big ones. I mean, because, yeah. you know, Chubba – Chubb only played in what I think three games Man. last year before Chubb was Chubb was still elite though the year before that. I mean that's why they won the game in Morgantown two years ago. So like I think the point about them not having those guys the the elite skill position dudes, but they've recruited well bit too. So I mean oh, they always do. Yeah, they really do. Um, so you know, and I think it's cool how we've kind of come to a consensus here. We're building a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I'd say a dream season at this point for the climb seven and two. We go to North, we go to Kansas State. The following week, into Manhattan, old Bill Snyder Family Stadium versus the Purple Cats, Chris Kleiman and the boys. Uh, Skylar Thompson, if he's out there on the field, that's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I just – because I know historically we have not played well out there. Um, I just – but I feel like this team, you'll come off that loss against Oklahoma State, Neil will get their attention back. Um, and and they go out there and, and they'll they'll take care of business. I I concur. I think I think we got K State next year or this year, I should say. I'm not uh, I'm not too afraid of the Snyder Cats. <laughs> yeah, the old Snyder Cats. Hey, now I will say this: um, Deuce Vaughn is an absolute. I mean, he's the next closest thing to Darren Sproles that we've seen since, right? And obviously, of course, using the K State analogy there but man he's he was so good um like granted the yard the the rushing yards weren't necessarily there as much as you would have thought but dual purpose and he was the guy that they had to rely on last year so like if you bottle him up they don't have a else a lot else but they are more experienced on the offensive line <sighs> yeah and i think that's the difference I mean, between deuce and 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 darren sproles is when sproles was there they had a little more in the weapon so you couldn't just literally cadence your defense to stop him. Um, and I feel like right now with them, if you do that, they don't really have a whole lot of where else to go with the ball. No, no, they don't. They really don't. Um, and, and the other thing about K-State that was really why they struggled last year is the defense gave up 32 points. Very un-K-State-like. I mean, they gave up 11 more points from the last year. They went 8-5 and five and kind of surprised everybody. But we still got them that year, right? Like, I just think we've kind of ever since K State had our number early, and then we finally broke that spell with Dana. Like we've had their number, and I think we will continue to have their number out there in K State. Although toss up type football game, um, but I'll yeah, go ahead. Man- Manhattan's not a real sure. easy place. Yeah, Manhattan's not a real easy place to go play. I think the time of game, I think, will be a huge factor in that. They'll be coming off beat Kansas, Baylor, and Texas. At, you know, they don't – There's. it's not really – it's a game they can look forward to, and I think they will have it circled because we've beat them the last two years. 
So that does scare me in that aspect of it. Could easily see us dropping it to be at seven and three, but I'll go with you guys. I'll concur. We'll go eight and two. Had a boy. Yep. Oh, not like you got to sell me that hard on it, but um, uh, <laughs> November twentieth, the opportunity to flash the to flash those horns down. Texas comes to town. Potentially, maybe the last time as a Big Twelve member. Who knows? I mean, that's definitely going to swirl in the air. On November twentieth, man, that those that tailgate will be probably the best thing since Pitt back in the Rich Rod day uh, when Larry Fitzgerald came to town. Best smell of a tailgate I've ever experienced, and I think that could be the same type of deal here for Texas. There's going to be that's going to be a tough ticket. People are going to be pumped for that, um, especially if this team is where we've got them right now. Eight and two. If we're eight and two, seven and seven and three, hell, even six and four, that Texas game is going to be a tough ticket in an electric joint and Mountaineer Field will be rocking for sure. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh! What a catch! Gary Jennings! Touchdown West Virginia! Wow! What a throw by Will Greer with 16 seconds left. Is his foot down? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I have not seen a throw like that. Yeah, I think it's going to have that electric atmosphere that we saw, you know, a couple years back uh, when Oklahoma came in, you know, the career senior year. It could have that kind of electric feel to it, Um, you know, especially if this team rolls in there you know, with only two losses on its record. The Texas game scares me um, simply just because whatever reason. It what is like Texas we, maybe coming in? Yeah, I mean, if, I mean it, with Texas coming in, like, I don't know. That, that for some odd reason, we've really struggled with them. Not as bad like with Oklahoma because, I mean, at least we've beaten Texas. But there's always something about that game that gives me a little bit of nerve. You know, we had them on the ropes one year and Greer gets hurt. Then last year – it was, you know, right there for the taking, and we didn't get it done. So that that game always kind of makes me a little nervous. I I really want to pick us to win that game. Yeah, I do too. But I, I just I feel like that's one we drop. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, and it bothers me because <laughs> I want nothing more than to say horns down, go to hell, Texas. Nice, uh, nice first trip to Morgantown, Sarkeesian, but. I just I don't think I can do it. I, I think it'll be a tight one. Wow, for last year, but I I don't know if I can do it. See, partially partially because it's late in the season. season. Yeah, yeah, that too. Injuries will start to pile up. I don't know what our depth is like in some spots in Texas. I mean, they should have plenty of depth. So I, I that'll be a tough one to pull off. I think now and the nice now the nice part is that Sam Ellinger is not making the trip. That is a true statement. Yeah, now. I mean, it's, Hudson Carr potentially, or I mean the the bowl hero Casey Thompson. They still will have John Robinson though. So he's a stud. But I but I like our defense against them guys. And in Morgantown at that time of year for senior night or senior day, I just I I like that for us in the climb, man. I really do. Sarkeesian's gonna take some lumps here in year one. It's not gonna be all roses for him. I think my biggest hang-up, honestly, is that coming into the season, I thought that our ceiling was probably nine wins, and that's and what I've got us at after next week. <laughs> hey, but that's the thing. I think that's the thing I think people are kind of forgetting about. If this defense is what it potentially could be, 
and the receivers catch the ball, and Daigie doesn't make mistakes, and the line is better. And all these things seem pretty reasonable if you don't pile them up together. If yeah, they just but, all take it one thing at a time, each group individually, and yeah, they but, take care of that, I, I don't see why there's any reason why what we're, we're talking about isn't a possibility right now. Well, I'm not saying that it's not a possibility, but Zach did bring up a good point, too. And it's one I think is worth mentioning, especially yep. given given Mountaineer, you know, yeah. fans will know this, and that's health. I mean, yeah, but that's everybody. That's football. We're well, recruiting at a higher clip now. That, that is correct. true. And that is true, and I'm not disagreeing with you. But he does bring up a good point in health and depth. I mean, this still isn't a full full Neil Brown recruiting up there. I mean, it, they're still working on depth in some areas. You know, you got to worry. You know, maybe one injury on the offensive line. What does that do? You know, I mean, we've we've unfortunately been through that, witnessed think, it, you know. I think that's fair with the O-line, CJ, for sure. You know, so, I mean, you, you've got that, you know, you know, does Letty stay healthy all year? You know, he, he was banged up at times last year. You know, the wide receivers, I mean, you know, obviously if they don't have the drop issues. And we talk about the defense, and, yeah, we've got some nice depth in some places, but, you know, I think a lot of that's going to be they can run guys in and out, but if you end up with an injury and now all of a sudden you got a guy who's playing – potentially 15 to 20 more snaps a game than maybe what he's accustomed to, you know, four or five weeks into the year. What does that start to look like and and that kind of thing? So I, I think it is I think it is a topic worth kind of taking into consideration. I think it's worth taking this consideration, but I also would disagree with you because I feel like we're, we're in year three now. Like a lot of the Neil Brown recruits, on the, especially the defensive side of the football, have pro- proven to be pretty damn good and make a lot of plays. I think we're just going to continue to see guys come in, man. This is about the climb. This is a, this is about a program, and they feel good. And I think there's a ton of depth on the defensive side of the football. Maybe not on the O-line. I think that's fair. And the running back position as well, from what we know from last year. But there's a lot of depth, a lot of places right now, guys. There really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely he's got more depth than he's had, but I don't – but, you know, I think he's kind of like a lot of coaches will tell you too is, is you – you can never be deep enough, but I definitely feel like there are some spots that he'd love to have some more to have some oh, more depth. One hundred percent. So I mean, we we literally. So you guys are saying we lose Texas, then go nine and three because we beat Kansas in the in the finale. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of because to me the dream to me the dream scenario is ten and two. You find a way to get Texas, and then you beat Kansas to end the year, and you're you're ten and two. Yep. Um, I think that's the dream season. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I kind of looked at this team as I think, yeah, nine nine's the ceiling. And I think nine's a very respectable ceiling. Oh, too. I think nine and three would be an amazing year. I mean, hell, I think eight and four with a with a bowl, and you never know what you get in the bowl game. But eight and four regular season would be would be a good year, um, and still would show that you're significantly improved from where you have been. Yeah, I mean, it just continues to climb up. I mean. People who think that this is going to be, oh, you know, because everybody kind of focuses on what he did at Troy where, you know, he had the the one really tough year his first year and then they rattled off 10 wins, 10 wins. Like, this is this is different. This is this is the Big 12. This is a little different, you know. So, I, I think people have to understand that this isn't, you know, he wasn't going to stroll in here and win a national championship in year three. And I don't think anybody expects them to either, though. I, mean, I don't. I don't either. But there are some fans out there that are like, "Oh, well, you know, at Troy, he won ten games by year three. Where the hell's our ten wins?" Just continue to let the process work itself out. This this thing's not going to be done overnight. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm with it. I, I think I think he's right. More people than maybe we even realize feel that way. Like he described that, you know, they're expecting double digit wins now that he's been here a few years, and it's just it's a different circumstance. Not to say that you know here in the next couple of years that can't happen, but it's it this year it happening would be ahead of schedule in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be a year ahead. I mean, honestly, I think if you go nine and if you go nine and three, and then maybe you get the tenth one in a bowl game, that's pretty yeah. damn. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty damn yeah, special. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, ten I, win I, seasons I, don't come along all the time. Well, and you know the thing about it is too, depending upon what two losses you have in the conference, um, or three, depending. Well, three, I think you're eliminated from from the title consideration, though. Yeah. Yeah, three losses. You're not. You're not going to Dallas. Yeah, and and. I, yeah, I, I think that's almost fitting that you say like we might get we're going to get somebody that we probably aren't expected to get in terms of getting that upset, but we might get picked off by somebody that we weren't we wouldn't have expected to get picked off by um, necessarily, you know, based on how we're playing at the time. No, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, because you could see that you know, because it's because we did do this when it was TCU before Iowa State, correct? Yes. See, is that the week before Iowa State? That's the week before Iowa State. See, like, I could see us see, coming off the that's, bye that's, losing that game. Yeah, because you're, you're so looking forward to that Iowa State game, and maybe you go down there and, and kind of, you know, get cute and screw that one up. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I could see that. I, mm. I, don't, I don't feel like that with this team. I feel like Neil's got his pulse on this mm. one really good, and they've got a group of guys up there that aren't going to get, you know, too – too up and down and too flustered and too looking ahead. But, you know, I mean, we are talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, too. And also, I mean, you could you could say that the circle game on the schedule for K-State with it being us could easily go the other way. Um, and then the motivation of certain games, maybe you do lose to Iowa State, but then you come back and you beat Oklahoma State. Like, we're all in that di- general, general area where we think that we're definitely going to see a significant upgrade in terms of the level of play, it's just a matter of do you win the game or not. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily measure the level of the program because he could really be improving and getting that thing where he needs to get it to, but we lose some heartbreakers. And then the next year's when we really take off. Yeah. And, and the thing I've appreciated about the, the Neil Brown teams is, is, is they, they're, they fight to the end. I mean, they're, they're not laying over for anybody, which is, which is pretty awesome to see. I mean, it, he's got a group of kids up there that, that care and they want to fight and they want to win. And that, that right there is the first step in building the culture. Yeah. yeah it, it's very rare. Like you said, to see them not be in a game or at least be busting their ass in one. That's why that game against Iowa state last year, it was just an absolute slaughter from the get go. That was so surprising and kind of, kind of discouraging but at the same time it was a testament to how awesome the cyclones were so those kind of games are few and far between especially with neil brown at the helm they're always going to be in it yeah i mean if you think about it zach that's a great point because since he's taken over as the head coach there's only been really that game versus iowa state and the oklahoma game the year prior where we've been totally outclassed yeah even though we probably were out athlete out athleted at a lot of places and probably shouldn't have been in the games especially that first year we yeah, still I mean, seem to hang around well, 
Yeah, and you get the Texas Tech game that was at home, you know, when Daggy finally got in in the fourth quarter. But that's a I good mean, point, TJ. That's a, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that one was one. I mean, you could still see him fighting and scrap. Like, I mean, it wasn't like they were laying over. I mean, it was just oh, some stupid. negative things happen quickly, and boom, you're down 28 to yeah, three. I mean, they, then like yeah, a, they, yeah, they got dump trucked early. You had a couple of things not go your way, and you get dump trucked. But I mean, the fact that I mean, they were still fighting and they were still still trying. I mean, I think that's why Neil wasn't quite as upset as he was. Um, you know, that's why I say there's no there way still, we're losing that game this year. No yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they were still out there fighting and all that. I mean, they just got they got buried kind of quick, and it was like, good lord. But I mean, you know, to, to see them, they were still out there and they were still, you know, competing. And when Deggy came in, you could see him trying to get Amp back up and get some positive things rolling, you know, to at least have on film. So I mean, that was always a good thing to see, and that's that's been the one thing. And Zach made the point of it. I mean, Iowa State was a good team last year, and then, I mean, they just came out and did what Iowa State was supposed to do, and that was take care of business at home. And if you guys remember, I mean, the game, while we were not extremely competitive late, early on, first first quarter and a half or so, we were still kind of hanging in the game. Even in that, even in the in the first half, a little bit there uh, with them last season, even Iowa State. Then it got away, or maybe I'm just being optimistic. I mean, it seemed like I was <laughs> control pretty early on, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it ended up right away. I mean, it took a little bit of time, but man, it was it was a it, tough one to be sure. It was ugly. It was ugly. Yeah, I think it's one of those. If you saw the bot, like if you just saw like the box score, or the ticker on ESPN, you were like, "Ooh, that game got out of hand early." And I mean, it. I mean, Iowa State did impose its will early, um, but no, I mean, Blaine, I, I kind of agree with you in a little bit. I mean, they were out there scrapping and fighting. It's just. You could tell Iowa State was in a was was just a better football team. Yeah, and, and once and once it got away, it got away, but yeah. it, it it really didn't get away get away till middle of the third quarter, and then it boom, it really got away. Yeah, and once they started that avalanche, there just wasn't really any stop. We just didn't yeah. have the we just didn't have the horses to stop it. Well, and we kind of t- we were like we're done, and they kind of were in the same the same vein, just being like, yeah, let's get this thing over with. They had bigger fish to fry. Than, and not get guys hurt. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's going to be fun, though. I mean, we are we are a few days away, uh, and we sit here and say we, we had us potentially at 10 and 2, you know. if I mean, I, all things being considered, I think we all think 9 and 3 with a bowl win would be, would be the ultimate uh, season. Or even, I'd even take 9 and 4 with a bowl win for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I could live with that. You come out of that going, okay, well, we took another step in the climb, and let's just keep it rolling. Yeah, I mean, because you think about it, most of these guys, you know, have eligibility to come back. And now that NIL is a thing, who knows? Maybe they might decide, maybe I can still make some big-time money here and not and play football and have fun before I take a chance on maybe not making it in the league. Time will tell. You know, it will. It will. But, uh, fellas, as always, good, good, uh, good little session here as we, uh, prognosticated the season. And, man, I hopefully it's what we, what we came to. Uh, because if, if it is, I think this is the beginning, only the beginning of what this climb, uh, could be toward that ultimate goal, um, in Neil Brown's tenure. 
no some doubt. Champ- looking, some championships. Looking forward to recapping the week one win here in a here in a few days. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely Zach. Well, till next time, y'all. Y'all take it easy and let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Do it. West Virginia.